Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Yoga Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And we are back for season two, talking about all things yoga, um, everything to do with the mindset, the spirituality, the philosophies, the histories, and how it's all can be brought into your everyday life, um, not just on the mat, but general day-to-day living. This week, we are starting episode uh, series two, not episode two, starting series series two. We have a whole uh, host of topics for you coming up. Um, Episode one, we're going to be talking about spirituality and what it means to you, me, and what's it got to do with yoga? I am excited. Good. Um, how have you been since we last recorded, Alex? It's been a while. It's been way too long. Uh, been good. Yeah. Uh, we've pretty much done the whole summer. Yeah. Haven't we? Near enough. I think we last recorded in June, Mm -hmm. um, which is crazy. Uh, but no, I've been good. We've done lots, haven't we, Dawn? I know. The yoga retreat. First yoga retreat. Yes, first Alex Howarth yoga retreat, which was amazing, if I may say so myself. Yeah, no, great feedback from that. Yeah, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got the second one in, what, five weeks now? It's coming up so fast. It is coming around fast, yeah. Yep. And oh, then awesome. I've got a meeting with that location again uh, next week to discuss 2022. Yay! And I think there's so many people keen for it which is lovely you know I I think think a lot great weekend to completely immerse in in yoga yeah yeah we actually on uh on that retreat um Dawn and I and 20 other yogis uh we had a spirituality workshop so spirituality in 2021 whatever year we are in uh, 21st (laughs) century um and it was actually the inspiration we weren't going to do this topic were we as our first no this wasn't the first one but we did this whole workshop. I think we were in there an hour. Um, and we went down so many rabbit holes. We discussed so many different things. And then Dawn and I chatted afterwards and she's just like, it wasn't what I was expected. It didn't go where I thought it would go, which then meant, well, then there's more to discuss. So <laughs> let's take this to the podcast and see where else it can go. So I'm excited about today. Yes. I'm looking definitely. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and did you see the social media registered? No, don't look now. But um, essentially, Dawn, you and I went to London. We left yes, Norfolk since we the did. last time. I we did that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Our picture uh, from London. So we were still in pretty good lockdown the last time we recorded, I think. Like, yes. Things were still pretty, you know, we weren't really allowed to do much. And now, well, technically everything's gone. Done. We can do what we want. I'm using quotation marks. It feels very weird. Very, yeah, weird, but good, yeah, but also scary. Good. All, of the, all of the emotions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. And uh, yeah, since we started recording, I now teach yoga as well to real life to yogis. Yeah. Which is great and I'm loving it. Um, it's everything I hoped it would be. Obviously was super nervous when I started, but um, it's all coming a lot more naturally now. And it's nice when you've got a lovely bunch of people. Um, 
feel like you don't, you know, you're never going to have a huge bunch of not very nice people in a yoga class, hopefully. No, it doesn't really attract knobs. No. I suppose that's a reflection on the teaching style as well. You know. But... Yeah, you generally just find your niche of people. Mm. It, it's that whole thing of the second you try and please everyone, you please no one. Yeah. You've just got to do what feels right to you and then your people will find you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just important. It's hard because you want to, when you initially start out, you want to please everyone. But I think even, well, even with this podcast, we know we're not going to please everyone. No. I'd love to know who it's triggered and how it's triggered them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's got, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely some people will listen and have no interest in this or it's not what they wanted to hear. But Or it's not the style of yoga that they, they ad- adhere to. That's probably the wrong word, but they enjoy or that's not what they are connectionist with yoga yeah. and so it's like well each two their own yeah and I love it I love it yeah awesome um, so I'm sure we... something else is going to tell you but I can't remember what it was <laughs> bring it up at the end I don't know yeah exactly <laughs> um so let's talk about spirituality um and what is spirituality should we we'll open with that because there'll be people out there wondering what it is um yeah and like you started the workshop about how this can sometimes trigger people because they might have a different think thought of what spirituality is yes absolutely so um spirituality is i mean i guess in a in a broader sense where you are considering thinking acting in a way that is bigger than just you you're thinking outside of yourself you're thinking bigger picture um I guess in a very broad sense, when we talked about in the last series, um, surrendering to a higher power, that is spirituality in a broad sense, but so is um, fighting for a cause. So for instance, uh, people who um, really push like, um, what's the environmental changes and things like that, that is a sense of spirituality, gratitudes is a sense of spirituality it's looking out of your outside of yourself and realizing that you are part of something bigger and that it's not just you um so uh you can and then but then a lot of people think spirituality is religion which is where it gets triggered where people just assume that well no I'm not interested in spirituality because they assume it's tied to some kind of religion where it's not you can be I posted this a couple of weeks ago you can be um spiritual without being religious but you can't be religious without being spiritual because they are inherently linked believing in something a great a higher power is essentially a definition of spirituality mm-hmm. and therefore religion but you can't be religious and not believe in a higher power yeah. I don't think there is such a religion <laughs> No, I read a good um, short description, like religion is a, a specific set of organised beliefs that and practices that are usually shared by a community or a group, and they all have the same belief, whereas spirituality is an individual thing. We all have very different, there's no set rules, we can all believe slightly differently, but yeah, yeah, they kind of do link if you are religious. But, but. Yeah, believing in ghosts is really a sense of spirituality, isn't it? Well, yes, I guess, because they also are termed sort of spirits, aren't they? And well, yeah, <laughs> the words are all there. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would that would be my sort of definition between the two. And I think anyone that goes to a yoga class is has almost embraced that idea of spirituality. The fact that there's a little bit of woohoo there. Um, not always. I know when I first started out, my yoga was very. We're here to get bendy, stretchy, better mobility, improve our range of movement, and it's incredibly alignment-based. And then as I've developed and grown as a yoga teacher and as a person, I would say, there has been more and more of the woohoo stuff put in there. And I put woohoo, I say woohoo in a very endearing term. I love it. Like I'm like, woohoo. Yeah, I love the woohoo. So I'm not saying it in a dismissive derogatory way. Please know that. (laughs) No, I I totally agree. And I I think that, as soon as someone comes to class and starts to appreciate the mindful side of it, that's when they're opening up to the spirituality of it. You know, that's, you yeah. know, when someone comes and actually they're like, I love Svasana at the end. I, like they love doing a little bit of meditation or some breathing practice or, you know, even when we're holding a pose for a long time and we're getting them to focus on the breath and concentrate and maybe giving them ideas of what to be thinking about in that moment, if they open up to that, that's them opening up to spirituality, isn't it really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think about um, the heart openers. So any yeah. chest openers, which are often deemed heart openers by yoga teachers, they of course do not open your heart. That would be fatal. Um, so it's just that whole idea of a chest opener and it's like, right, open the chest, feel the chest opening. Yeah, it's not physically opening, but you're letting go, you're releasing, you're allowing yourself to go into that pose in a different way to if you were just like, well, I'm pulling my shoulder blades back and together and I'm stretching my chest muscles. It's a very, very different concept. And you you feel so different doing the two with a different mindset. And I think you almost get more out of the pose by envisaging your actual, your heart is opening. And what are you opening your heart to in that point? Like what are you allowing in by allowing that space to open and clear? And it's just, it's wonderful. Um, uh, but then, there's also on the flip side of the, the the trauma and the terror that can come out when we open our hips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we've there. literally, um, not the order we normally do it in, but we've, we've literally lunged or tangented straight into yoga on the mat, um, how spirituality can be brought into yoga on the mat. That's completely Whoops. cool. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. That's where we've, we've gone. Um, but it is so relevant into then letting people realize perhaps what spirituality is, isn't it? Those that yeah. practice yoga, um, maybe making them think twice when they're on the mat about where their mind's going in poses. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that mindful, just mindfulness alone is a sense of spirituality. You're looking, you're looking deeper within for the true sense of self that is there. And we've talked about it before with the whole, the layers of ego around the true sense of self. I think what flower did you, so lotus. Like, yes. Yeah, so we. No, no, not the lotus. It was oh. last last series. You talked about how when I described the um, how the the self is wrapped in petals and layers and layers and layers, or like an onion. Oh, uh, like, a, oh like a peony or something. That was it. Possibly, yes. Um, and yeah. So if we think of that, and just by looking within, uh, when we're in our yoga poses and realizing what's going on at that very moment, and then what happens next, keeps us so focused on ourselves on the within that we start to peel back all of those layers of the ego and everything else that we've got going on and that in itself and finding the true sense of self is spirituality so yeah yeah, um it's wonderful really 
There's a real difference when you practice yoga and your head is not in the moment as well, isn't there? Um, I know personally, I notice that, you know, if, I, if I'm really in the moment, I'm, I'm really in the room and thinking about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. It's a whole different practice to almost just stretching with other people, you know, and thinking about what's for dinner. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if you're not in the room, you're thinking about other people, what you're having for dinner, then you are essentially doing a stretch class. Mm-hmm. you're just stretching which yeah. is hey it has its place I am not dissing stretching <laughs> um but yeah when you really bring yourself to the mat to your yoga class when you focus which is why I like you know that in my yogas I like to bring a sense of a quiet a calm time to just hey right okay let's actually bring yourself in check in with yourself what's going on with you and bringing everyone to the mat now people can choose to dismiss that they can just lay there and be continually thinking about what they're going to have for dinner what they've got to do etc 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 but how much more do you get out of your practice if you actually take the time to oh actually you know what my calves are really sore today maybe I should go easy on my downward dog or maybe I need to actually push into it and really stretch those out or oh my goodness, I've got so much tension up around my shoulders and my neck that I didn't even notice. Or, oh, my tummy actually really hurts. I'm not feeling too good today. Studio class wasn't a good idea. I should have stayed online. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like taking, taking the time to actually check in with your body. Have you checked? I haven't. I haven't really thought about how my body feels today. I'm going to be completely honest. I've just been a bit back to back. How does my body actually feel right now? I've not checked in. And it's so easy to move through an entire 24, 48 hours without looking or thinking about how your body feels. And so you get so much more just by being more connected to your own self. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask, what's, what would be your advice to help someone get in the moment, in the room and focus? But you've literally, you've literally mostly covered it, but anything um, anything else what would you say to someone coming to a studio yoga class for example um how can they help themselves connect more spiritually so first of the easiest thing to use and this is why it's so common is the breath because it might surprise you but we all do it um so if you can just try and connect to your breath it and sometimes I find that taking a few deeper breaths help if you just sit and try and focus on your breath as you're breathing normally it's a bit it can be a bit wishy-washy and quite difficult to do whereas if you change how you breathe and you take some really deep breaths especially lengthening that exhale it allows you to pay more attention to it because it's different your body moves in a different way you're going to feel different just by breathing more deeply so connecting to the breath is a very very powerful thing to do and it's a great way to just add mindfulness into every single moment of every single day because if you're just sat at your desk and you're getting in a right tiz about something uh you're completely distracted from how your own body your own mind you don't even know what emotions are going on because your emotional brain is completely ruling the moment. If you just take a moment, sit back and take a few deeper breaths, it reconnects you. It brings the more, the sense of self, uh, what is it? The frontal cortex, I think, or I, I should probably edit that out because if it's wrong, it's going to be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> essentially it brings you the, the more powerful bit of you, the, your actual sense of self, your human brain into focus rather than allowing your emotional brain to kind of overrule. So just by doing a few deeper breaths helps center you and find your true sense of self rather than allowing yourself to get all scatty. 
uh, in a yoga class, again, just another way is to feel what you feel, what sensation, which sounds very odd, but what sensations can you feel right now? So Dawn, just sitting on your chair, what sensations come up most if you just look, scan through your body? Um, I've got calf doms. You can feel um, that most. Yes. And I've got um, a right trap tightness. Um, I don't feel, I feel okay other than that. Like See, for me, it's the, the pressure of me sitting on the chair is the thing I feel most right now if I'm oh, just sitting really? here. So I can't really, yeah, I guess I can feel my shoulders and the drop of my shoulders across my traps. But other than that, the, the main thing is the, the pressure in on through the my, on, on the seat, a little bit through the feet on the floor. When I cross my legs, the crossed legs, the pressure between my two legs is probably it. But people don't even do that. Like, no, just checking in. And it's like, oh, well, there's a sensation there. So you can look at the sensation and then be like, okay, well, what, how does that change? What happens next? Okay, well, now it's there. So now what happens next? And you just kind of just continue to watch it, continue to watch it. And then you might find that actually the way I'm sitting right now, I can actually feel a little tightness through my lower back. Perhaps I need to shift the way I'm tilting my pelvis. And so, and you can just kind of notice things within your body that you would have completely dismissed. Wouldn't have even been a thing. And it helps once again, ground you uh, in the moment. So by grounding, I mean, literally bringing yourself to the moment rather than being away with the fairies up in that emotional brain. Yeah. So, yeah. Are they two good examples? Oh, they are very good examples. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the breathing one is, yeah, great. And it made me sit here and think, we need to add this in. I'm very passionate about the breathing stuff. We should have an episode on that. Oh, we should. We, we should, should actually. Yeah. Pranayama is brilliant. I yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I find one, I think it was must be like maybe a YouTube video I did or something where they, it was just, equalizing the breath so when you're in a difficult pose it's so easy to like um breathe heavily isn't it you know you're maybe a little bit out of breath you're struggling blah 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 yeah um and it was equalizing so in for three out for three just thinking about that in that moment and suddenly the pose is way easier you know even if you're struggling just to bring your heart rate down and yeah bring your nervous system down yeah, so, yeah, 100%. Right. But then it lengthening the exhale. So with the inhale uses your sympathetic nervous system, yeah. which switches everything on. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Your parasympathetic nervous system switches everything off. Do, 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 do. I was hoping for needed. the second. Do, 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 do. You needed <laughs> the uh, sound effects, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, so just by, again, you could do that grounding breathing, three in, three out, or the box breathing where you do three in, three hold, three out, three hold. Yeah. Um, or there are various different yes. weirdly I'm teaching that at the end of my vinyasa flows this month lovely um I'm excited about it yes. uh but uh sorry tangent there yeah but then the if you lengthen the exhale it means you spend more time switching on your parasympathetic nervous system yeah, yeah. which means you spend more time slowing everything down so that reduces your stress hormones reduces your adrenaline reduces your breath rate your heart rate etc 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 so it, it's just such a powerful thing. We should really talk about it on its own episode. Yeah. Um, and again, with thinking about uh, thinking about spirituality during a yoga class or practice or while on your mat, um, we need to remember that basically the mat stuff, the asanas, are there were there originally to help us with the other stuff, weren't they? They were such a small part of yoga originally. Well, you could say small part, but well, I would say it's an eighth. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
Um, but no, it depends on what yoga practice you practice because in Hatha, there's only seven steps. In Ashtanga, there's eight. And I'm sure there are other yogas with different amounts of steps. So um, yeah, the, the asan or asana were always uh, fourth on the steps on the in Ashtanga. So you've got your yamas and your niyamas. If you don't know what they are, listen to series one. Uh, if you're sick to death of them, that's because you listen to series one. <laughs> we then had, so yamas and niyamas is step one and two. Then we had pranayama, which is your breath. And then you have asan, which is your postures. And so, and then there's the, all the meditations after that. And so the postures were essentially, you practice your yoga so you can sit for extended period of time in meditation. Because I don't know if any of you have ever tried it lately, but just sitting cross-legged for more than a couple of minutes gets uncomfortable. It really does get uncomfortable. Um, we could see it, Dawn, in the workshops oh, yeah. at the retreat is how many times people would shift and move. They're just sat on the floor, admittedly have their bolsters, blankets, et cetera, et cetera, to get comfy. However, people would shift and move, shift and move, shift and move. They were never very still for very long. So when you're meditating, the idea is you sit in stillness because that moving distracts you. Um, and so if you can't just sit still, you need to move and work the body in a way that it allows you to then just sit and be still. Yeah, yeah. that is why. That is why we actually do all the stretches. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose you could think, say that they're like, as well as helping you focus your mind in those practices, they're also making you more mobile so that that sitting still is not uncomfortable. Yes, that's yeah. exactly it. Okay, lovely. Good. That is exactly it. <laughs> um, you briefly touched on the namas and yamas, and that's something I was going to talk about too. In, I've got a little question. Mm -hmm. well, there's probably no right or wrong answer here. Do you feel that working through the yamas and niyamas makes you feel more spiritual or... Does having some sort of spirituality when you start thinking about those help you along that journey? Okay, I'm going to go with the first one first. So working through them, does it make you more spiritual? 100%. Mm. Because even just working on ahimsa itself, so the very first yama, it's not only have you got to look inward at the violence towards yourself, you have to look outwards into the violence that you cause to others and to the planet and to everything around you. So um, if you, so straight away, you're thinking about things other than yourself. So therefore it is a sense of spirituality. So if you've never, ever, ever sort of practiced any kind of spirituality, but you start to consider implementing more ahimsa, nonviolence into your life, you are becoming a more spiritual person. You've taken a step on some kind of spiritual journey. You're working through a set of spiritual guidelines to make you a better person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so absolutely. And then what was the second question? Or do you, do you think that having some sort of spirituality helps you go along that journey or, you know, is it good to have the spirituality before you start or will doing working through those help you create that spirituality? I think that you could go at them with no sense of spirituality. However, it would be a battle. Mm -hmm. I feel like you would be not necessarily triggered, but you'd be like, what? No, it, it might almost be a bit too, is it a bit too big? I don't know, because I guess the first one for me often 
to get people going on the path of any sort of spirituality is mindfulness or gratitudes. You know, people don't realize that they are a form of spirituality, but they really, really are. And they're very simple and quite easy to grasp. And I think people can understand very quickly how they make them, how they make them feel better. Yeah. Uh, Whereas with Ahimsa, well, it's got a funny, a funny name. Like, well, that's not English. Mm -hmm. So instantly people are switched off. Um, with this is a person who has no spiritual imagine going to Trump and saying <laughs> so we need to implement a little bit of ahimsa into your life he'd literally tell you to piss off god he'd be a different person wouldn't he yeah um but it's so it would be quite I feel like it could be quite triggering or quite a big broad concept to grasp so maybe it's better to have some kind of spiritual concepts within you because it'd be very difficult to master ahimsa within yourself if you have or even in any way without some sense of mindfulness yeah no I agree you you kind of have to, you need a little bit of um like compassion and self-compassion and empathy and like you say even the ahimsa in in regards to um the planet just thinking it before you put something in the bin instead of the recycling you yep. could say that is a little bit of mind mindfulness that's a bit of spirituality because we're thinking about something bigger than ourselves because yeah. it could be way more convenient just to stick it in the bin it is like, more convenient yeah. it's not i don't want to wash out be. this jar and put it in the recycling i want to stick it dirty in the bin yeah but yeah. taking or that I... moment to do it is thinking about something way bigger than us yeah, not use, not choosing to use plastic cutlery yeah, and choosing to actually wash up your cutlery, um, choosing to pick up a piece of litter that's on the pavement. You know, all of that kind of thing is you're thinking about something bigger. You're thinking about kindness and uh, compassion towards something else. And yeah. that in itself is spirituality. And so as much as I do think it is possible to start with the ahimsa and the yamas, etc it would be very challenging for someone with no sense of spiritual concepts, with no sense of mindfulness really, because I think we brought it up every single episode last series about the fact that you needed to be mindful towards your own behaviors to implement these concepts and ideas. Yeah. So yes and no, sorry, Dawn. No, that's fair enough. It almost makes me think, gosh, the only people that would be incapable of, being spiritual and therefore having any mindfulness of perhaps like actual like sociopaths or narcissists and you know a whole avenue of psychology there because you have yeah nearly everyone has some sort of thought process before they do things yeah what implications is this going to have on someone else or on something else um yeah you might be right there you might be right people are spiritual without even realizing they're spiritual Mm mm-hmm Um, When I actually looked up the term spiritual or spirituality, there was a graph of time frame of how, so it's the dictionary because to do with the dictionary definition, they also have like how much that word is used um, on a a chart and a graph. I'm not sure how they get these stats, but it's a rapid increase over the last 20, 30 years. It was, it was quite fascinating really. So the sixties, it was really low. It was this low line from like the 1800s and then nineties, 80s, yeah, 80s, 90s, noughties now, soon rapid, rapidly increased the amount of usage it had. 
Yes, because everyone's hunting ghosts these days, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Uh, there's been a steady decline in the number of people that go to or adhere to or follow a formal religion. Yeah. So um, this is going off like the census from t- four years ago because I don't think yeah. they've released the results of the latest census. And obviously that's there. in the Ten UK ago, we're sorry. talking about yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 So this is in the UK. So 10 years ago, sorry. Yeah. Essentially, there was, there'd been a steady decline, um, I think of about 20 something percent. I really should have put my notes down. Um, uh, in Of people who are going or follow a form of religion. And that's not necessarily going to church or uh, some place of worship. That is just believing in some sort of religion. Um, but yeah, there's been a steady decline. But I do think it's because, but or is it because of that? I don't, it could go two ways. It could be, are people not going to church or not finding a formal religion because they've found another sense of spirituality or because it's not as common for people to go to church? I don't know about you, Dawn. I don't know whether you went to church as a child, but I, I did. I but did occasionally. I think the amount of people that now go to church are, are fewer and further between. Um I mean, this could be completely because of who our so- social circles are, but um, people do people now, because going to a place of worship is less of a thing, do they then look for other forms of spirituality because there's part of the human psyche that craves that bigger picture? Yeah. Or are they or moving away of- for the individuality of it? So, you know, like yeah. going back to like each religion, it has its own specific set of beliefs and rules and... I don't know about you, but over time I was christened. And so I was um, Church of England and, you know, that was what you were taught. That was the schools I went to were, were C of E schools. So you got ta- taught certain things and certain beliefs and some of that. Yes. Yes, I agree with. Um, but, you know, having that strict or, or not so super strict, but, you know, there is the, the rules. They're the rules of, of Christianity. Mm. Um, they're the beliefs. This is what you should do to some extent but whereas yeah these days more and more people are sort of questioning it aren't they and not just religion they question everything and almost forging their own path and just believing their own things Mm. I do think that there's maybe it's because it's the age of information and the information is so much more readily available or is it because of the way the perhaps moral standing of society is or how we are more able to stand up and say what hey wait this is not okay like you can't treat people like this based on a religion you know and there's how so much fear and anger and hatred behind something that is supposed to be good and pure and uh well based in love and compassion like it just seems to be lost and religion seems to get a bit really bad rap from it yeah, from within the, the media itself and the extremists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of these hard beliefs. No, you must believe this and you must follow this and you must do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And people are like, well, wait a minute. Having such firm beliefs means that I can't then talk to these people or have a conversation without arguing with those people or it just causes conflict. Whereas if actually, well, I'm open to listen to what you believe. You're open to what I believe to listen to what I believe. And it doesn't really matter either way. Neither of us are right. Neither of us are wrong. It's just 
oh, that's actually a really interesting way to look at things. I like that. I enjoy that. That's made me think about stuff. And, you know, you can, you, it then opens up these conversations of rather than having a religion where it's really strict rules, you can take a little bit of anything that you want which I feel like I have in a lot of ways, like there's huge Buddhist influences in my life and freaking love it. But then there's loads of Hindu in there. There's mm. obviously the yoga, which is a bit of an amalgamation of both. Um, but then I was dragged up a Catholic. And so, and I think, so it obviously sounds like we're just bashing religion here, especially as I say, then dragged up a Catholic. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's that whole religion has a great grounding I don't know about you, John, but you know, you're taught the 10 commandments, you're taught morals and what is right and wrong and about being kind to those around you. And it gives you a really good sense of moral standing. And I think if you can, I say impose, but that almost, if you can raise a child with a good, good moral fiber, that child is probably going to do be better in life than a child who has no sense of what is right and what is wrong and why what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong and the implications of what is wrong then you're gonna have a better child aren't you yeah and I think this is where um religion in some ways the bad reputation of it has impacted because it really yeah like there's there's is so much goodness in in having a religion having it maybe a church or a mosque or whichever you go to you'll have a community of like-minded people that have the same beliefs the same moral compass as you um it's just then obviously such a shame that we also then see the side of it where people can't budge on those views to this to the point of violence and wars and you know just badly treating people and individuals and the, the, yeah. yeah like that so that yeah that's why it's almost a little bit sad that that it's gone that way and obviously sometimes the media is just hyping that up but you know you can see that from places in the far east the middle east that well even here i mean the yeah. amount of bloodshed that was caused over the centuries just from yeah you know from the blooming church of england yes exactly you know it's it, it's not just over there it's everywhere everywhere all over the world is yeah. has had some cause of impact or some sort of impact from religion yeah um and it, it is a shame and it's like but i do not think it was a bad thing that i had religion in my childhood no, exactly. i think it was a good yeah. thing but thankfully i had a very open-minded mother who was just like right you can keep going to church if it's for you but also if it's not for you you don't have to go anymore yeah and it it there may not be many parents out there that would be like that. And I think I was very lucky in that sense. My, I think my dad would have wanted us to continue to go, but I think at 11, 12 years old, I was just like, no, I don't, I don't actually believe that there's a man sat in the sky who's watching <laughs> everything that I do. Um, and I don't think that just saying 10 Hail Marys, if I really don't mean it is going to actually get rid of the fact that I stole a chocolate bar out of the pantry the other day without asking, you know, it's, it's just like, no, I think I will learn more from that by having an actual sit down discussion with my parents and they explain the rights and the wrongs of that and why that's not okay. And so, you know, that was my 11 or 12 year old. I can't actually remember how old I was 11 or 12 year old self deciding that that wasn't quite for me, but it's been so evident as I've got older and how, as I've, embrace this yoga journey that 
spirituality of some sense does mean a lot to me. And I think there's so much within it. And you can, by embracing a lot of things within spirituality, you can make yourself happier. You can have a better life. You can uh, almost love more. You can be more compassionate. You can be more open. It just, it offers so much that I wouldn't want that door closed in my life. Yeah. 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 And it it makes me think, yeah, you don't necessarily need um, religion to formulate even like a family moral code or like, you know, I actually, I think it was one of the books, this, seven habits of highly successful people perhaps oh it's yeah that one, where they Very talk good. about doing a family like oh I can't think what they call ethos. it but it's ethos yeah and they almost all sit down as a family and almost write down this is what we as a family like believe and yeah. wish to be like and wish to behave like and it, that's quite you know that's quite a nice thought that's why like sort of spirit coming from a spiritual way because they're they're doing it on an, an individual level a group because they're a family but you know they're creating their own guidelines yeah well, this is why um i have the book here i was trying to see if i could get through <laughs> it um that's why like uh businesses often have that ethos isn't it so here we're all about uh yeah. being open and honest and blah 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 blah, blah because it encourages similar like-minded people to join within that, but also it lets everyone know straight from the off that if you aren't down for that, then you're probably just best to leave. Um, So no, I think it's a, it's a lovely way as a, as a family to be able to all sit with the same moral values and know what is right and what is wrong within your own household Mm -hmm. would give such a sense of community, a sense of security and a sense of boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the idea that that when the children are old enough, they are a part of that. You could even three or four year olds, you could all you could still ask them, you know, what do they think is an important way to behave in such a you know, they, they mm. will have some idea and you know, yeah. just it might be just views. it might just be that I have one to one time with my mum. Yeah. Or I have one to one time with my dad X amount of times yeah. or each day or I always get read a bedtime story or something like that. By the time they're seven or eight, they might not want a bedtime story. But, but asking a child to have an opinion, I think, is incredibly powerful and they just feel so included. And they're much more if they're included, they're more in like more likely to adhere to the guidelines, I think. Mm. That's it. Um, it's rather than a dictatorship. And then I don't think that's spiritual at all. No, I, I, you're probably right there, Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so why, would, why do you think people would want to become more spiritual? What can they gain from it? How can it help their lives? Oh, uh, so I think the question that everyone has, usually in the, their late teens, early 20s, I think everyone has that bit of a why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? What is my purpose? Some people get it later in life uh, where they have a complete breakdown and then quit their full-time job and go traveling and start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what the modern people do. Uh, And so there is that whole to find a meaning in your life. And I think I settled on what the meaning of my life was um, a few years back. I think I was about 28 no, maybe a bit older, 29. 
And, but then I realized through that journey of discovering that, that everyone's meaning of life is individual. There is no meaning of life. If we go for an evolutionary sense, the meaning of life is to reproduce and keep the species alive. That's incredibly dull. Uh, if you really dive into the yoga and the spirituality of it, the meaning of life is to reach enlightenment. So you've removed all of the karma um, from around your true self or your soul and you are enlightened, you're at peace and you can be released up to heaven and, you know, enjoy your, the rest of your days with the gods rather than being reincarnated and come back as something else um, or someone else who continues your spiritual journey. I reckon, Dawn, wherever our souls go next, those people will hit enlightenment. I reckon I we're one so. away. <laughs> I reckon we are one well, away. <laughs> okay, maybe four. But <laughs> yeah, a couple. A couple. But, but yeah, a couple. Um, so what spirituality could essentially be used for, so you could even just start with um, looking at what you truly feel is your meaning of life. And when you feel like you know what your true meaning of life is, then I feel like it gives you almost a purpose and a drive and you're going to start looking at things in a different way. You're not going to just rest on your laurels and be like, meh, whatever. The odds of you feeling like, right, I found the meaning of life and my meaning of life is to sit on this sofa and binge Netflix. The odds of that happening are very slim, but you would find a sense of purpose, a sense of uh, drive and passion and forward movement. And you would probably live a very full life. I think you to that purpose also have a sense of peace if you've been something you've it's been something that's sort of stressing you out or yeah yeah agreed actually I think yeah. with just knowing that you're going to feel safer yeah um and find contentment and peace is such a lovely way of putting it absolutely yeah agreed yeah that's a really nice thought so I would say that just if you're feeling lost um in life and it's just a bit like oh I don't I don't even know why I'm here maybe it is start time to start just trying to figure out what what is your purpose why are you here what what do you actually want your life to look like um and it's it can be quite a weird and long process it's not just going to be I very much doubt it's just going to be five minutes with pen and paper or five minutes just sitting there thinking about it and you're gonna be like that's my meaning of life got it it's probably going to take some journaling some deep divings maybe a touch of therapy you know like some real soul searching to figure out what your true meaning of life is. And I've also learned since discovering my meaning of life, I've implemented my non-attachment to that. I was then going to say, does the meaning of life if, evolve? So we're not perhaps, attached to it. Yeah. Thus far, it hasn't changed. I still know what I want and I still know, oh, I still feel I know why I'm here. And so that hasn't changed yet. But if it does then that's okay because I'll know that, well, it, it was right for a time. It got me to where I needed to be to try to find my actual meaning of my life. So that's something that I found it really has, has helped with. It's always given me now I've got a sense of direction. And when I've realized, well, you know, Dawn, you had me in full panic, not panic, strop mode last <laughs> week or the week before when things are just, I'd completely lost my way, hadn't I? I'd lost, yeah, I just lost my way. And it's taken, what, 10 days? And I feel so much clearer. I feel so much happier. Um, I'm back on track. Like, it, yeah, and it was purely because I just 
not been focusing on actually what I was doing. I wasn't being mindful of my own life. And it just, I could see just, I suddenly stepped back and realized how much I'd let everything that I hold dear, all of my boundaries, all of the things that I really know I like in my life just fall to the wayside. And due to that, I felt completely lost, pissed off, angry, like all of the, all of the things, but no one else but myself. Yeah. No one else but myself. And so it's just bringing myself back to that, that almost that ethos, what we were talking about before, bringing my back to my, what I need. Um, And also perhaps you mentally, you know, without realizing touched on like the yammers and the yammers or the yammers particularly, uh, your thought process around all of that mm. because you know you, we all sort of when those things happen you kind of almost spiral a bit like where's it all gone wrong and then you kind of yeah look at those sort of guidelines and think right is this is what I'm doing is how I'm telling myself off helping is it? but I think it did it yeah. did I told myself off and it did it, it wasn't a sense it wasn't um a violence that I didn't need it was a violence I bloody needed I needed yeah. a shake I needed a kick up my ass and I needed to do it myself yeah. um and it was almost a, a violence that was a good thing in a weird way it was just that utter what the fuck are you doing Howarth sort your life out <laughs> moment and I think if that was happening all of the time and I was beating myself up all of the time that would very much fall into the whole ahimsa thing but it was just that absolute moment of realizing where I was at and thinking holy shit what have you done or what have I allowed to happen actually yeah yeah um so yeah for for me spirituality what what I find that it's really helped with is a sense of purpose and direction uh, in my life yeah um did you want more no I mean no, I could, uh, for me, I think it's um, the mental health side of it, I think is a big thing. I, um, I, I mentioned it in a previous previous podcast about how whilst learning all of this, whilst doing my yoga teacher training, delving more deeply into all of this and putting it into practice in some way or another, um, my mindset has completely changed for the better and I think I was kind of spiritual anyway because I always thought about these things but I just I do like and we talked about it in the surrendering to the divine like I've like yeah just almost believe like everything will be okay you know and there are moments when it isn't but it it will eventually be okay um you know, and sometimes you've got to make it okay for yourself. But 100% totally agree. If you sit and yeah. continue to sit in that mindset of um, everything is not okay, yeah. you stay in that palace, yeah. you stay in that mindset. It is your choice to think, no, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, because your mindset is in the right place, everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think it's, um, no, it's a great thing for for mental health because... I think when you are suffering with bad mental health times, you it's so easy to be sucked in just inside your own mind and then thinking about anything outside of that really helps you get out of it and almost see that, A, you're not alone, B, there's a whole world out there. Um, and that being mindful of, again, of, of what you're doing and how that impacts everything else suddenly you know, it helps put things into perspective. 
Yeah, absolutely. What 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 do you lean on most? Is it like the gratitudes or the mindfulness? Um, a bit of both. I I do lean on gratitudes a lot. I don't. I, I you know I've, as we said before, I'm not really a journaler or a meditator in the traditional sense, but I gratitudes I think is a massive help for for mental health. I do. I literally. I think about things I'm grateful for all the time and it's become such a habit that if I'm not feeling myself I almost I just sort of force myself to think about well what am I grateful for you know mm. even if I'm feeling miserable and lying on the sofa watching Netflix really living my my best life there um, is that your life's purpose I hope that, yeah that's my <laughs> life's purpose but I'm noticing and being grateful that actually I can sit on a sofa and watch Netflix for a day if I so want to and being grateful for that that I've got that that opportunity rather than having the laying there laying on the sofa feeling guilty about it and feeling like oh my god this is the worst like I can't believe I'm doing this it's you know what I'm grateful that I've got this headspace the time to be able to do this because I need it right now yeah it's just such a good shift that's it yeah and I you know and it's it goes down to the little things and when I do you know we've talked about gratitudes before and um and you've done workshops on it and whenever I talk about it to anyone it's like the little things as well so for me even like say now I look out the window and I can see that the sun is kind of shining and the grass is green and the chickens are there and it's just like oh you know you just look out you know think oh life is life is pretty good yeah life is pretty good I mean we've been able to find time to do this podcast this week which is bloody good yeah yeah we're looking forward to it (laughs) yeah yeah um so how would you you know since we've talked about your spirituality on the mat any little like sort of top tips for someone that wants to delve into spirituality everyday life How, how would they go about it what should we do what should they do I mean, you've just essentially just said a really lovely one of just thinking, not necessarily formally sitting down and writing gratitudes down, but taking a moment every day to think, fuck me, this is awesome. I'm really grateful for X, even if it's something small. You could just be sat at dinner with your family. I say just. I think that's, you know, a really lovely thing just to be able to sit there and appreciate that you've got your family around you or even part of your family around you and you're sat and able to share a meal together just implementing small moments into your day of I'm really lucky right now I'm so grateful for this in my life right now um and that is another really good way to that's a very nice tangent into the next one of just adding in a little bit of mindfulness and just taking a moment to take stock of where you're at right now um noticing what's going on with you uh how you're breathing where your emotions are at just actually taking the time to register how you feel because sometimes our bodies can be just on sensory overload that we've got emotion 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 we never actually take the time to notice what the hell's going on what is our body trying to tell us what is our mind trying to tell us we feel stressed but why do we feel stressed and actually being kind enough to listen to what your body's trying to tell you notice it and perhaps act on it are you super stressed out because you've not actually had a day off for so however many days uh and not necessarily off work off exercise off your i know this sounds hard harsh even your family do you need to just get away for an hour you know whatever it might be 
do you need to just take some space um, and listen to what your body needs? Do, is it on the flip side, is your body desperately trying to tell you that you need to go out and exercise, go and do something, go for a walk, get some fresh air, whatever it might be. Um, taking a few moments just to, uh, yeah, be mindful of yourself. Again, it's not in a formal sense. You're not sat on a mat cross-legged. You're not even sat in a chair. It's just a moment. Um, another way that I really think is a wonderful way to add spirituality in our life is, e well, both deepening connections with others, really asking questions and really listening to the answers. Yeah. Because it's very, very easy to uh, listen to someone ask a question. Uh, sorry, you ask a question, Dawn, how are you? And then maybe a bigger question than that, but I'll just go with it. But then instead of listening to your answer, I'm busy thinking, oh, what am I going to say in return when she asks me how I am? Yeah. You know, and I'm not actually listening to your answer. Yeah. I'm not listening to the intonation in your voice. I'm not looking at your body language properly. I'm not when you go, oh, I'm fine. Not actually noticing that actually my really good friend Dawn is not okay. She said, yeah, I'm fine but she's not fine. And because I'm busy thinking about what I'm going to say back when you say, how are you? I missed that. And therefore yeah. I've not been a good friend. I've not been a good person to converse with in any way. And so just deepening connections with other people by truly listening, truly spending the time when you actually have a conversation, we've discussed this before, not having your phone on the table, you know, just really be there, be present. Um, uh, another lovely one is connecting with each other and offering empathy or compassion. So if you're in a bad mood and you're feeling really down, the best thing you can do to cheer yourself up, no such thing as a selfless good deed, is to send someone a message, which is so easy nowadays, or call someone up, less, less easy because people hate phone calls, mm -hmm. um, or say to someone, even if it's a stranger, um, you're beautiful. Yeah. I love you. Uh, you're amazing or something lovely just if I was feeling shit just to be able to send you a message and think that I might have put a smile on your face oh Dawn just to let you know I fucking love you you're just a truly a wonderful friend and I can't wait to spend time with you when we go on our alpaca walk um yes. we really need to book that uh, <laughs> um so I know that I've sent that message and just writing that message means I'm going to be thinking of my beloved friend Dawn um, and I'm going to be excited and looking forward to spending time with you again and the odds are that when you read that message you're going to be smiling and so and that in itself is offering a sense of compassion a sense of connection and love towards someone else and that is just a wonderful sense of spirituality and it's such a gratitude because you've gone and thought to yourself right who you what am I going to send to who and then yeah you find find someone but even if you know someone's a bit down, just sending them yeah. saying, I love you, or you're yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Your butt looked great earlier. Something as simple as that can really turn around someone's day, but it's also going to be like, it's going to make you feel good inside. Yeah. I loved that in lockdown. Um, so many people, and like, I did it and my friends did it to me, like just sent random things in the post because especially people further away, that you couldn't see, you know, local friends you could meet up for a walk or something. But when they're further away or first lockdown when we were, couldn't meet up for a walk, it was just sending those little things to put smiles on people's faces, you know. Yeah. We've got we've got someone mutual that we know who did it so much and, you know, she's just such an angel and would bake things or post 
like poems and just so you know it's just so thoughtful and I got things from people that I'd not really spoken to a lot before lockdown and then now I'm quite friendly with and it's it's really lovely you know yeah I think lockdown did essentially it deepened connections with people purely because you had to you were never able to meet up so well okay well fine we'll sit on the phone for hours because I've got nothing else to do and I'm going to just learn about you and we were forced to think about something bigger than ourselves because something bigger than ourselves suddenly was landed happening. on our laps yeah. yeah yeah and it was it was well wear a mask because of the others around you not for yourself yeah. if you even yeah. if you don't believe in it think about all the small businesses are hugely impacted by someone there getting a blooming message saying I've got COVID I mean yeah. you know it just it's huge. So don't wear a mask for you, wear a mask for everyone else around you. And that in itself is a sense of spirituality. It's grasping that something is bigger than you. Yeah. Uh, COVID could well have done wonders for people becoming more spiritual because it's just a massive reminder, isn't it? Yeah. It's not all about you, princess. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, they would be my top, top three, being a little bit more mindful, thinking about gratitudes and um, deepening connections or offering compassion and empathy to others. I think they're really, really easy things just to slip into almost everyday life. Yeah. 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 If not all of them, one of them. Yeah. yeah. No, they are. They're good. They're good things. <laughs> I think so. Lovely. Um, any, any closing thoughts on spirituality? It's awesome. Don't be triggered by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big thing. I, I hope there's people listening that have thought to themselves, I'm not spiritual at, spiritual in the slightest. And they've listened and realised it's not a bad thing. It's nothing to be scared of. Mm-hmm. And that perhaps they are more spiritual than they realise. There is one listener, I know she listens, who I know really kind of has been quite doesn't grasp this stuff however it's odd because from an external my perception of her I would have actually said she's one of the more spiritual people I know mm-hmm. so it's very odd that she's just like mm, I'm not sure this is a topic I'm like in love with or she feels very Ooh, about it whereas from yeah she seems incredibly spiritual yeah. um she, yeah she's yeah she's got a very woohoo vibe <laughs> and it's yeah it's it's very odd to think that she was almost I don't know if triggered is the right word but she was very I don't know about this topic I'm not sure about it at all and yeah so hopefully having come at it from yet another standpoint another look a viewpoint maybe she's a little bit more oh okay but at the same time it is not our job to try and force people to believe in what we believe in oh no she'll go on her own journey that's religion yeah Yeah. almost yeah but yeah yeah, we're we're here to let people just find their own way their own thoughts yeah yeah find their own way yeah Yeah. take from what you like what you like from what you like (laughs) yes (laughs) um what are we going to cover next week Um, karma 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 so remember be on your best behavior this week because we need all the good karmas yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i look forward to that one i look forward to this whole series actually um it's almost and not that the last one was like strict because but we were following some set guidelines this one is very much more fluid. here there and everywhere and open and fluid and a lot open to our own thoughts more 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's we're looking at concepts that come up in yoga regularly yeah. that um, might be just dismissed. Uh, or there's not much of an understanding there. I think everyone, I will have just said, we're doing karma next week. And everyone's like, well, I know what that is, yeah. but we're looking at it in a much broader sense yeah. um, and how it can impact, uh, well, everything. I think uh, it also, we're going, yes, for anyone listening to this episode and wondering if it's going to be very yogi as well, this whole this whole series actually touches on a lot of non-yogi things, but how us yogis use them or or is it they were yogi things that are now yes now just part of everyday life that yeah i don't know yeah who knows yeah don't be put off if you're not a yogi basically (laughs) yeah um no it should be good should be really good i'm excited uh and then of course dawny at the beginning of next episode we'll discuss how we've been spiritual since we last spoke oh definitely and then guys, if you have any ways you want to share with us how you've been spiritual without realizing you've been spiritual using your recycling bin, for instance, um, then do let us know. Love we'll to put it as a question always. on our on our Instagram stories, perhaps. Absolutely. Great For all idea. our followers out there. Lovely. Um, I will let Alex tell you where to listen to everything because she's better at that than me. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to learn for this series. I did forget. Uh, <laughs> uh, so remember, please do follow us on um, Spotify. You can subscribe on, uh, what's it called? iTunes. We're on Acast, uh, Stitcher, all of, the, all of the main ones. So go find us. Please leave a review, even if it's just a few stars. They make such a big impact on us new podcasts, especially. So please, please help us out with a review um, or five stars. If less than five stars, then I get it. But maybe you've dropped me an email, so I know why. Um, everything is on our website, yogalifepodcast.com. So you can listen to all the episodes there. You can find out a bit more about me and Dawny. You can get in touch. Uh, so please, please do any questions any ways you've been triggered by anything we talk about. I love it when I hear from people who have been triggered by something I've said. Genuinely makes me happy. Isn't triggering one of our topics this it series? Is. Yes. Yes, yes it is. So you'll hear more later in the series about why I love triggering. Um, but uh, yes, follow us on everything. Our Instagram is at Yoga Life Podcast. We don't have Facebook, so don't worry about that. But please do get in touch, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank That's you. That's weird.